Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when we go to Japan and have the worst internet known to man. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Ha <laughs> ha. And speaking of which, uh, we actually, Noah, have a question from listeners. And really? I think uh, I'd that's like to first. attempt it. I'd, I'd like to attempt to answer it with varying degrees of success, if that's okay with you. I don't think we haven't done that in a long time, despite using the same intro every time. But I think we should I think we should do it every once in a while, at least. It's. I think it's I think it's good to dust off the cobwebs. I don't have my jacket, by the way. I just noticed that. Yeah, uh, dust yeah. off the cobwebs and go ahead and and pull up this good old super chat here. Yeah. Uh, so this is in reference to the video that I did uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Apple Developer Transition Kit, and this person with the uh, OS Ten Lion Lion wallpaper as their profile picture of course we would recognize that yeah we already know <laughs> um they are asking did you back up the pre-release build of mac os big sir that came pre-installed on the dtk the answer to that is yes the developer transition kit fun fact doesn't do like signing there's no sip there's no signing there's no protections of any sort. You can sideload, frontload, backload, overload. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to that thing. It, it You can run native iOS apps. And now I know what you're thinking. You can do that with, you know, all the, the stuff in the app store, right? And it, it, no, I mean literally an iPad app. Like you won't even be able to interact with it because it's waiting for a touch screen. You can put anything on there. That is... That is very cool. That's really cool. In fact, I I really want to I really I really do want to find out if there's more that can be done with that because it it's a build of a it's a Mac that is quite literally just an iPad stuck inside a Mac's butthole and then they fiddled around and put mac os on it there is nothing else going on there it has you theoretically you could take face id and hook it up to that thing you could theoretically get a touch screen hooked up to that thing it's all in there that would be yeah i don't know i mean obviously you're not gonna find like Obviously nothing from Apple, but like even from like yeah. other people, like I don't think people really have these things lying around that they're going to be tinkering with them. But like, there's got to be more you can do with them. I, and you know I, it's actually quite interesting, given that it's a Mac with touchscreen drivers, given what what we've heard, which is that by around 2025 potentially we could have touchscreen max did you hear about that was this a transition into into another topic there that was so smooth yeah that was amazing I know. i'm a little shocked that was like that like if i hadn't brought attention to that that would have just been completely smooth. it would have gone completely under the radar but i had to i had to give you props there yeah no i appreciate that yeah. um and as is as is usual you actually took my really good and seamless transition and downgraded it back to our usual caliber of transition, <laughs> thus keeping us in our lane. Yeah, we can't, you know, we can't, uh, we, we got to stay in our lane exactly uh, like what you said there. We can't, we can't be yeah. too good here. Uh, but yes, I did hear Absolutely. about that. I did. I watched, uh, I watched your, your, your recent video and I did uh, oh. hear on Twitter as well. Uh, lots of lots of things to talk about, and I did hear about the touchscreen uh, touchscreen Max by 2025, which I thought was very interesting. So, what do you think about that? I okay. In all honesty, I am ambivalent. I don't really care all that much um, about 
a touchscreen on a Mac. And here's why. When I use a Windows laptop, typically I don't like the trackpads. They don't have all the gestures that I want. They aren't as smooth as I would like. The inertia, like, okay, a lot of Windows touchpads are getting a lot better, right? Obviously, Apple has had really great multi-touch touchpads for like 13, I think 2008 is when they launched it. So it's been 15 years that they've had these things that are so, so good. But Windows laptops have started to catch up. The one thing that no Windows laptop can do, you can ignore all the gestures, you can ignore uh, the size of it and the force touch and how well integrated it, it is with the OS. And that's a lot of stuff to ignore. But the one thing, even ignoring all of that, that no single Windows laptop has ever done for me is two-finger scroll as well. It's really, really simple. It's a very minimal thing. But the two-finger scrolling on a Mac is calibrated so perfectly that I don't need a touchscreen. On a Windows laptop, the two-finger scrolling is just... It's 95% on some, but it's just far off enough that I find myself wanting to just go up and touch the screen. No, I agree. I think obviously Mac OS has been great with gestures, multi-touch gestures for a long time. I feel like on Windows, they're, they're definitely getting better. Definitely like the, like the, 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 you know, two finger swipe. It's like, mm. I don't know, it's like the rubber banding isn't there. I love the rubber banding effect that you get on iOS when you scroll up to the very end and it kind of, you know, goes a little further and snaps back. And I love, I don't know, just the way that it like, like you release the, you like I'm doing it right now here. You, you release your thing and it just keeps going a little bit and it slows down uh, gracefully like it's following the laws of physics. And like just yep. those like little things that just make it feel natural or like an extension of like your i don't know it just feels so natural in a way that like windows just doesn't it's like too linear or too like i don't know there's mm -hmm. just something about it that that, that i i definitely agree with you definitely agree like i i'm doing this right now because i'm looking for a a story that i want to talk about in our next segment here and i'm just scrolling through a page and there's something that's just so perfect like when you when you start the scroll and then push off, do, do you know what I mean? Like it's the inertial scrolling, but the way that you scroll, right? You have your two fingers and you're scrolling up and down, but there's that moment where you sort of accelerate the page and then let go and it keeps going mm -hmm. and it's perfect. It is the most, like it is predictable, it is smooth and it's, it is they must have spent hundreds of hours just tweaking these tiny little parameters in the code to get it to be that good. But it's so darn good. Absolutely. And when you say like they spent like hundreds of hours tweaking that, that those bits of the code, like unironically, I, I, ha I can't, I can't, I'm not going to say anything, but I have seen example. <laughs> I have seen an example of something uh. like that, that is so incredibly subtle and I, I, I can't really say anything, but it was like, but it was like such, such an incredibly subtle thing that was very similar. Mm -hmm. and, and they were like testing like these different things and it was like barely a difference, but like it's such a subtle thing that I guarantee you they spent so much time over the years like perfecting it and testing it and tweaking it. And like you're not over exaggerating, like like 100%. It's definitely the case. It's crazy. Um, so... Yeah, I mean that for for those reasons, I have never felt the need for a touchscreen on the Mac. However, that doesn't mean I don't want it to be there. I think it's very interesting uh, that a lot of the commentary has been like against it. I'm not against it. I I'm saying it's not an important factor for me. If it's there, it's there. I have no i'm not gonna like not buy a computer because it has an additional feature mm -hmm. if they increase the price a whole lot or like do something screwy then maybe i i would be annoyed about it but i'm not gonna avoid i'm not gonna be like oh i can't believe apple would add a touch screen er. i'm just saying i don't 
I don't care either way. They could add it. They could not add it. I don't think it's going to make a super huge difference unless they do something like crazy or, or interesting with it. Um, but I could definitely see how some people would want that. Uh, the, the only thing that I have seen, and I'm interested on in your thoughts on this, Noah, as an iPad owner, mm-hmm. is people think, huh, why... Why need a touch screen on a, on a Mac? Doesn't that make it too similar to the iPad? Wouldn't they collide? I think, like, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, what the touch screen experience on a Mac would be. Because, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to do the two-in-one where you fold it all the way over and you get just the screen. Because at that point, it really is, like too similar to an iPad, right? If you fold it all the way over, the keyboard goes away and you just have the big screen that you're looking at, it's so similar. It's basically an iPad at that point, maybe even like a less usable one. Like if, if you flip it over and the keyboard's mm. facing out, like you've seen two-in-ones like that and that's pretty bad or whatever. Oh, I don't like those. They Apple fold it. would never do that. Yeah, they would never. But like you fold it somehow and you just have the screen. I feel like that's too similar. But if you have it sitting in mm. front of you like a laptop and you're reaching across like over the keyboard to touch things you're not gonna be able to like do anything precise like there's no way that you're gonna like if it's you know a screen in front of you and you're going to like draw things on it or like even do gestures there's no way you're gonna be precise enough to like do that kind of stuff i feel like the sweet spot is like you have a mac you have an ipad you use um wired sidecar you know plug your ipad into your Mm -hmm. mac use sidecar and then you can have, you know, the touch screen on your iPad. Maybe Apple can improve that a bit. So instead of just mirroring your display, it actually treats it like a touch screen. But I feel like that's the better experience is like it would be Mac OS yeah. running on the iPad or or like a sidecar kind of thing. I think a touch screen Mac is just maybe a touch screen iMac. That's a discussion we could have. But a touch screen laptop, I don't oh. know. I don't know. I see your point. A touchscreen iMac, I think, is more compelling because then artists could use that massive canvas with like an Apple Pencil, and and you would be that would be really interesting because Microsoft had the Surface Studio for mm-hmm. a couple of years. They have a completely abandoned that thing. I'm pretty sure you can still buy it, and it's still using seventh gen Core i7s. Huh. From 2017, it's using six-year-old tech, which is crazy. Yeah, um, and like a GTX 1060. So I, I, they completely like abandoned that, but I think that would be very successful. And there's also a couple of comments that I think are very true here, and that is sort of the rabbit hole that you start going down when you add a touchscreen. Because to your point, Noah. You're reaching over the keyboard. In in my case, like sitting away from it here, I almost look at that. I'm like stretching my arm out completely to reach you. The buttons on like the Chrome tabs are tiny. Mm-hmm. That is, I'm not going to be able to hit that more precisely than with my mouse, especially with a Mac mouse and how well calibrated that is. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Well, as this comment points out, they would probably have to redesign the UI. So obviously we already have the dock, right? The dock is good. The dock already exists and makes sense. But there are visual elements and interface elements that you would have to change. So right now, for example, I'm in a full screen window. That's something that most of us take for granted on the Mac. But if you have a touch screen, you're gonna to have to implement some gestures. So I put my mouse up to the top and that pulls up the top bar. That would have to be incorporated into a touch element. Maybe you'd have to swipe down and it would stay for a couple of seconds. How long would it stay? How would it go away? Right now, I move my mouse away and it goes away. With a touch screen, it would have to stick around. Same thing with the dock. I put my mouse at the bottom, the dock swipes up and I move my mouse, it goes away. With a touch screen, I'd have to swipe up from the bottom like an iPad. How long does it stay there for? Do I four-finger swipe to move windows? That makes sense. But then when you're on your desktop, 
you've got the, the top menu bar. All of those are pretty small. Might have to make those bigger. Make the whole menu bar bigger. Uh, like, you see how, when you think about it, it seems simple. I just want a touch screen on a Mac. Nothing has to change. But, for it to make sense and be a shippable product, you would have to reconfigure some things about Mac OS. And maybe at that point, it would make more sense to detach the screen or fold it over or stuff like that. And then the problem is, I've just described an iPad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It would be like you, you'd have to redesign, like even down to things like the traffic lights, you know, the close, minimize, and, and expand buttons in the corner of every window. Yes. Those are too small. Those would have to be made bigger or redesigned, like all these system elements. And my main fear with Apple doing this is that they've already, if you look at the other ways that they've tried to make macOS more like iPadOS, they've honestly been pretty bad, especially like, I think it was Marzipan, maybe that was the code name for like running mm-hmm. iPad apps on mac os and those like don't behave super well also like swift ui which is cool but then you look at like the new settings app in ventura which is awful it's like the worst app to use and the whole point was they made that app look like it does on the ipad and it's so much worse because the mac is different from the ipad so if the whole system at its very core starts to adopt that same uh like that same idea, then I feel like the Mac experience will get worse overall because it already has in the areas where it's moved to be more like iPad. So that's my fear here. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like this is indicative of a new era of tech where things aren't necessarily solvable. I feel like if you go back and you look at, especially in, in the context of Apple, and you go back over the past, let's let's start with Steve Jobs coming back, 1997. He comes back to Apple. You can kind of go through the 2000s and look at the products that came out, and as revolutionary as they are, a lot of them are really rather simple. The iMac, right? That was like, Hey, uh, why do we need to have a whole bunch of boxes? We just have one box. The iBook was like, laptop, but cheaper and fun. The iPod was like, well, music good, but simple, clean, well-built, right? Same concept, but just well-built. Then the iPhone. The iPhone, of course, being this massive revolutionary thing, but what it started out was, it's like, what if iPod, phone and internet all in one thing and you just have a little screen the macbook air laptop but thin the macbook pro laptop but fast like there are logical there there were visible problems and apple could solve them but right now with the mac and the ipad and this like sort of ambiguous Especially more more so with the iPad, where people are like, it's good, but it just needs something else. But that something else that it needs isn't really clear. It isn't, there's no like, oh, well, when they finally put this on the iPad, it'll make sense. We don't have, I don't think anyone really knows what the iPad needs to make it that like extra 10% to being a phenomenal product. Yeah, that's a really that's a really great point. I didn't think about it that way, but it makes a lot of sense. I definitely agree in terms of like when they were introducing new products, the ideas were pretty simple, and then once they introduced those products, it was pretty clear where they would go from there. Like you take the first iPhone, the iPhone it was very mm-hmm. slow. It was pretty limited in terms of what it could do. Uh, in terms of like both the hardware and the software, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't take videos on the original iPhone. You could only use the apps that Apple had. Plus you could use some, you know, websites, but most of them weren't mobile optimized, so on and so forth. So it was very clear for a long time, you know, all the things that the iPhone needed before it would really feel like a complete thing. You know what I mean? Whereas like in the past couple of years, these products are like so well-defined and they're so feature rich that it's now like, 
less clear, like you said, it's less clear about where to go from here. And, you know, in the past, we weren't thinking about merging macOS and iPadOS because those product lines had a lot of, you know, work to be done on them to get to the best versions of themselves. But now they've kind of gotten there and, and Apple has, the, has you know, more time now and they're like, okay, do we put them together? How much do we put them together? These questions didn't come up before because they were busy, uh, you know, making these products better. Now they're in a place to ask these questions and it's definitely more ambiguous. Absolutely. And I think... I know that this is one of those things that always sounds dated, right? Like in 1906, uh, the U.S. government considered closing the patent office because they thought everything had been invented. And you look back on that and you're like, wow, they were stupid. So this might be one of those types of statements. But I do genuinely think that technology at, a, at this point in time is reaching uh, a level of of ability and saturation that apart from some like very very broad things and environmental aspects i don't think there are these like you know very clear like oh in two years when technology can do this that's what we need like to your point with the iphone when the iphone 2g came out people were like oh well i would like them to add video I would like them to add a front-facing camera. I want a bigger screen. I want a thinner device. I want more battery life. I want a higher resolution. That, I just took us through the first seven years of the iPhone, right? And they added all of those things. And then when you look in the last couple of years, we don't really have those things. We're not at a point now where we're like, oh, this is the next thing that, that people want their technology to have. And so now we're in this thing where, where people are kind of like seeing what sticks. Like, hey, what if we what if we add more cameras? Do you like that? What if we make it fold up? We can make it fold sideways. We can make it fold up. Like, does that does that something? Is that a tech? <laughs> and I, I, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like it just it seems like there's not a clear direction for like this is the next feature. This is what comes after that. This is what comes after that, that we've had for the past 20, 30, 50 years with, with computers. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, the thing you said before about how maybe this is like one of those statements that's going to age poorly about things, you know, everything's been invented, whatever. I think, you know, there's there's more work to be done, but as far as like the existing product lines that we have, like like the cell phone and the computer, mm -hmm. the laptop, the desktop, I feel like those, you know, they've been around for a long time. They've gone through a lot. They're in a really good place right now. I think the place where you can really like, you know, do a lot of this innovation um, and a lot of this stuff that looks more like the earlier days is these new technologies like the VR, like those theories about the Apple VR headset that we could talk about. Oh, wow. Hang on. Was that another seamless transition? I had to, I had to try one for myself here. I'd say you did a very good job there until I, like you previously, ruined it by drawing attention to it. Very well. We're keeping we're keeping each other accountable. That's that's important. Yeah, and we're also not letting either one of us be too slick or too exactly. good at podcasting. Yeah. We have to be equally terrible at podcasting. Yeah, or else it, the dynamic gets thrown off. Yeah, people notice that. Um, I think I think we're being too impressive, so we got to bring <laughs> it down a notch here. Yeah. Okay. But. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll keep that in mind. When we transition next, we'll have to make sure that we're not too crazy or people are... It's like, it, it's like when you reach that level of celebrity where you're out of touch. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to be us. I don't want that. No, we gotta, we're, we're here for the people. We're here for the people. We're taking questions from listeners. Yeah. We're attempting to answer them to varying degrees of success. You know, you know the whole drill. Yeah, you know the drill. We already had a laugh or two along the way. We don't want to overload the quota. We don't want to be too on top of our game because then people there's no there's no point in watching if it's like two professionals who are knowledgeable and funny uh providing useful information. Nobody wants that. It's boring. It's not no, fun. It's, it no sucks. Fun. 
I would never do that. So yeah, we have to, I'm sorry. I think, I think the apologies do. We're sorry. We were too good at podcasting today. We promise to do worse in the future. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry for our success. We will unimprove from here on out. And I promise that your experience will be worse. Absolutely. And the wall panels will fall too. Cause that we, this is all adding up and it's, I think frightening how good we are doing. That's yeah. You know, I feel like the wall panels stay up and then all of a sudden we're like too good at this. There might be a, Oh wait, someone, someone said, shut up, Luke. That's perfect. Yes, we did it. <laughs> we got back to being bad at podcasting. Fantastic. Congratulations. Very good. So to the topic of the VR headset, I I want to talk to you about some features. I want to because, hear about some features. So this, this was in a report from The Information, and... I'm just going to I'm going to read down this list, Noah, of of features or maybe aspects of the VR headset that have come out. Let's hear it. And I'm going to warn you, you're going to want to hold on to your hats. So go get all of your hats, everyone at home, make sure they're secured. Hold on to them cuz this is a lot. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. You sure? I'm holding it. Okay, two hands. I'm holding. This is my this is my hat now. Okay, good. <clears throat> a waist-mounted additional battery that can connect via a MagSafe-like power cable to the headband to extend battery life. The case design incorporates aluminum, glass, and carbon fiber to reduce size and weight. The cameras are concealed for aesthetic reasons, of course. A small digital crown-like dial on the right side that allows users to quickly transition between virtual and physical world. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm good. trying. Hold on. We're not I'm done. trying. I'm trying. Okay, good. We're not done yet. Different interchangeable headbands, including one for consumers made of a similar material to the Apple Watch Sport Band that includes built-in speakers and one targeted at developers, as well as additional options for aesthetic and function. Magnetically attachable custom prescription lenses for those who wear glasses. All right, I'm sorry, my hat's Motors. off. Motors. My hat's off. Your for hat's that off? One. Well, it's I'm off not for done, so we're going to keep going. We're keep still going. going. Keep going. Small small motors to automatically adjust internal lenses to match the wearer's interpupillary distance. Oh my god. Providing the largest field of view possible for each person. 120 degree field of view like the Valve Index and more than MetaQuest Pro. We're still not done. The H2 chip for ultra-low latency connection with second-generation AirPods Pro and future AirPod models. Two chips, including a main SoC, likely, as reported by Mark Gurman, something along the lines of a full-fat M2, including CPU, GPU, and unified memory. And then an another chip for a dedicated image signal processor. And the, the ISP is there to translate distorted images captured by external cameras and turn them into a true video representation of surroundings. And then finally, the ability to run existing iOS apps in 2D. What the, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I've got I've got Sam here reacting. Hat off, Sam. Come here. Let's get Sam in here. Let's get Sam in here. I want to see his hat. I want to see his hat come off his head. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Hey, buddy. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh god. Oh no. He's gone feral. What's up, guys? He's gone feral. Get back. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my oh, god. Oh, I'm scared. Okay, are you good? I'm are you good, okay? I'm good, I'm good. I'm not paralyzed. <laughs> okay. All okay. Right. Hey guys, welcome back to Genius Born. <laughs> oh man, that was scary. <sighs> Sam's here, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Apple Track. He was in the chat. And now he's here IRL. How'd you do that? No. Because oh, I'm no. smooth as heck, brother. Oh, no. <laughs> I just teleported to Tokyo. That's crazy. He came here from St. Louis in point zero one of a second. That's the power so, of these rumors. Well, they the they brought him here. <laughs> <laughs> noise noise complaint from hotel coming soon. <laughs> yeah, it's like 400 yen or something ridiculous. Or 4,000. There's a lot. Yeah, no. So the price, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, for the noise complaint. 40,000 yen is what... That's is like, it that much? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Oh my god. Okay, if we get a noise complaint at this Airbnb, uh, the the <laughs> fine is 40,000 yen, he said? Yeah. That's like... That's like $350. Yeah. Jeez, and we have video evidence of you guys making a lot of noise. You excited, buddy? Oh, I'm so excited. Dude, I want to buy it. Okay, so let, let's, all three of us here, let's put our heads together. Okay, I'm just going to try to imagine what Noah's saying, because I also can't hear. This is also true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It's, you, you can read lips. Okay. He'll figure it out. How much do we think this gosh darn headset is going to cost, with that list of features that I just ran through? Twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. Two, that's no, not no it's more than that people were saying five thousand that this is this is this is for sam crab emoji yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> he's doing zeros oh five bucks no five thousand <laughs> no there were there are three of these that's what the people are saying in the chat i don't know i don't know i think noah's right i think 5k <laughs> no one's reported that bro okay what have they reported <laughs> between two and three k no no way five grand carbon fiber (laughs) bro if it It is made with it is what is that sam sam you're getting distracted sorry come back to me (laughs) (laughs) no it's gonna be it's gonna be three grand at max they need this to have some market penetration five grand literally no one will be able to buy it may i submit to you this comment Thirty-four ninety-nine, maybe not nine ninety-nine for the battery. <laughs> That's a bit much for a battery, but thirty-four ninety-nine <laughs> with additional, like, think Apple Watch, right? A sport band, thirty-four ninety-nine. But if you want the band with speakers in it, or the Hermes band, or the you know a higher end band, a lighter case maybe, additional battery packs, those would bring the price up. Well, yeah, but I think the base is going to be twenty nine ninety nine. Just the headset. Dude, at dude. Most, at most, the base is going to be twenty. They said it had motors yeah. for automatically adjusting <laughs> to pupillary your distance. pupillary distance. I know. Do, do you know your pupillary distance? It was like 57 on my little like MetaQuest Pro that I had to do manually like a poor person. Yeah, and how much <laughs> does that cost? 1500 So you're saying for twice... It's only twice the price. <laughs> Dude, the okay, <laughs> for twice the price you get motors. Yeah. Look. <laughs> the thing is, you're also not considering the displays. Yeah, they're 8K. Two 8K displays with 2500 PPI. Bro, 3 grand. No. You can't get like a big 8K for that. Well, that's that, I don't like that argument. That doesn't make sense. If these are little baby 8Ks, they wouldn't be that much. They'd probably be 500, 500 a display, if that. Okay, they're they're going to be cheaper than a big panel, but they're still... it's To make the, the pixel density that high, nothing like that exists. It will be the highest resolution display ever made. So what do you think it's going to cost then, Mr. Big Pants? $39.99. I thought, okay, I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's impossible. Thoughts? I'm, you guys know me. I base it off of leaks and rumors. That is what my entire credibility as a YouTuber is based on. I don't credibility. Make, I'm not <laughs> out like Luke Miani or Noah Rubin. Okay. I'm based in reality. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And 
what I say is leaks and rumors have said two to three K. And they know more than we do, so I'm gonna say three K. I am on the higher end of, of that range. 2K definitely is too low, and they are going to call it... So the, the name of it is going to be the is Reality Pro. Yeah. So it's a pro product, so we know that that means expensive. And I don't know, 3K? I mean, you have to think that's like three times the price of an iPhone 14 Pro. But it... The Apple Watch didn't start at two grand. The Apple Watch started at, what, three? It's a watch! This is... The, from the features that we know about, this would be the single most advanced alternative reality product ever made in the history of alternative reality. That's why I say 3K. Cause there's and that's that before costs. we even learn anything. Before we even know a single feature of its software. Yeah. Just knowing these limited hardware things, we know that it will have, or most likely will have, the... Highest resolution displays ever built. All right, I'll make you a deal. Three to four K. I think that is the more likely. Maybe it will scenario. be thirty four ninety nine, like the dude said. Thirty four ninety nine, thirty nine ninety nine. That is. And then there's gonna be different storage tiers. I'm sure there'll be like a hundred twenty eight gig oh, SSD, yeah. and then a five hundred. Bro, there's gonna be like an eight thousand dollar headset. <laughs> oh, bro, yeah. the amount of content we're gonna get out of this is about to be ridiculous. How are we gonna film it? How do we demo? Imagine this. Noah, are you going to get one? Yeah. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Let us, yeah. You can, you can pretend that you're going to be able to withstand the pressure of wanting one, but we all, all of us are going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I am just because I am actually obsessed with virtual reality and augmented reality. So, but how is this going to work? Like, how are we going to talk about it on the podcast? We're going to sit here. With it on our face, just <laughs> no, being like, no, wow, this is really no, cool, no, 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 and I wish you guys could see it. <laughs> yeah. the future that they're building? They're building VR Memoji FaceTime. So you, we'll be, have our headsets on and be able to be in a meeting room around the table in, with our Memojis. I mean, yeah. That's how it's going to work. That's how we're going to do this. But I'll be able to be like, Noah, come here, and then I'll be able to go give Noah That's going to – oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, so cute. I think, I mean, the more that we talk about this, the more I'm like, holy shit, this is so much capability and so advanced and it's Apple and they charge so much money. There's no way. I'm, I'm now, I'm doubling down $39.99. I'm saying three to 4K. You don't think that any chance that there's a three. Bro, but here's $29.99 would be so incredibly, I don't want to say cheap. Because <laughs> three grand is not cheap. But, but given what we've talked about, if it is three grand, I will be stupefied. But here's the thing. Apple has to make normal human. They need it like 4% of average normal people to touch this. And at 4K, they don't oh, need it yet, Apple though. expensive and never even think about it. Well, no, no, no. 3K would be no, like... No, but wait, 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 wait. There's a strategy to this. You, It's... Tesla didn't start with the Model 3. Yeah, I know. This, this is the Model S of VR headsets, yes, right? I know. And then this is the cheaper. first and the best of its kind. So this is the expensive one. This is for early adopters. Normal, regular people aren't going to be ready. Like, this is a first-gen product. Within the year or so that it is current, there will not be enough regular people, even at a normal price point, that are even going to know about it. Here's my counter argument. People, look, this, the Apple Watch Ultra has been out for months now. People still ask me, they don't even think it's an Apple Watch. They yeah. look at that and they're like, what is that? Here's my counter argument. Original iPhone started at like $499 with carrier subsidies. Apple Watch started at like $499 with carrier subsidies. iPad 1 started at $499. I'm just saying there is a clear trend here. And when Apple enters with a product that doesn't really exist or does other things, they don't go crazy pants. Now, I'm saying this is going to be slightly crazy pants, but this is going to be more like crazy shorts. Okay? <laughs> oh, jeez. Like so also, you don't think it's going to be $4.99? What say. I, I, like, I do like that. Very good. Your, that's you. He does like it. Okay. I like that, yes. Two thumbs up. Very good. <laughs> I like the nonverbal communication that Noah's doing. Five. <laughs> yeah. 
I gotta I gotta do what I gotta do here. We gotta we gotta work with what we have. I just realized that I just realized that Noah's like little thing was better than my going like this. That's not good. I don't want to be on this podcast. You said we were like I'll cracked out. Play. You said both of us were cracked out. So Yeah, maybe 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 he shouldn't be here. Okay. Well now that that's out of the way. Now we can have an intelligent discussion. <laughs> yes, of uh, course. <laughs> so, what? Oh no! He's banging on the door. Unbelievable! Don't damage it. If if we have if there's any damage, it's a seven thousand dollar fine. <laughs> then you can't afford the headset after that. Exactly. That's I, that's my headset money he's spending over there. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so okay. Let's recap here. We are talking about the most advanced augmented or virtual reality headset device ever created in all of human history. Yeah. I think 3499 is the floor. Yeah, see I, I agree with what Sam said, and I was going to make a joke that he was, because he said everything else was four ninety nine. I was going to say, does Sam think that this headset's going to be four ninety nine as well? I don't, I don't think so, but I think, I think three, I think three K's a little bit, because this is like a different thing, like the phone and the watch. I don't know. I just feel like this is like a VR headset. It's like a pure, like extra I, I don't i don't know how to put it but it's like it's just like this like like this like mean. this like extra thing that like exists like completely it's not like like an integrated like you know like oh it's your phone that you carry around or it's like you know the ipad like i don't know it's just like this different thing and i feel like for this one it seems like apple based on that that spec sheet that you just read it seems like apple is starting from the deep end on this one or they're starting from the biggest best one and then they're going to work their way back to the lesser ones and i feel like maybe that yes. makes more sense for this because the kinds of people that are really into vr are the people like those people are gonna be willing to spend the more money if they're really if they're really into it you know if you took like a smart watch there's already like you know plenty of competition it's like a, like a normal you know everyone wears a watch whatever whatever this is like something different so i think they're starting from the bigger one to get that initial group of people, get the initial apps, whatever, whatever, and then they can work their way back to the less expensive models. And maybe for the VR headset, Bingo. it makes sense. Maybe that maybe that's it. Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right. And to your point of like the iPhone, the Apple Watch, the iPad, and how those all started at four ninety nine, which is true, absolutely. However, I think what you're saying is that those are the mass market products this is more like a mac studio it's not it's i mean reality pro is the rumored name for it right so that's not going to be targeted to as broad of an audience what would be is sort of the second step of this right the headset is the starting point the goal is glasses Mm -hmm. decorative designer frames that go on your eyes and project information into the world. That, I think, is where Apple's going. Our earlier conversation about like the iPad and how it's not clear what's next, in terms of the headset, I think we do have that clear path of like, it needs to be light, it needs to be wearable for hours, it needs to be immersive but realistic, no eye strain, and eventually it needs to be so minimal that you can wear it in public. And that is Apple glasses. Many years away, but it is, it is comforting. It is nice that we do have that goal in mind. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we were saying before about like, you know, the, the mature product lines have come a long way. This is like a brand new, I mean, it exists, obviously there's like, you know, Meta has some and, and uh, Valve has theirs and whatever, but it's very, very early days. It's not mass market by any means. The majority of the use cases are either gaming or like enterprise. So there's not 
like the mm. standard like everyday use case kind of thing really doesn't exist yet and that's i think what apple wants to go for because it's you know this is apple that we're talking about so there's so much work for them to do here and i think we we discussed this you know some time ago on the podcast but apple has already laid some of the foundation for this you know things like uh spatial audio and you could argue their whole ecosystem in general like all the things like maybe you can use airpods with this headset or maybe they have built-in speakers, or maybe it works with your other devices, whatever. Like, there have been these steps that Apple's been putting in place to do this, and maybe the VR headset is another step towards the eventuality of the the AR thing. That's an interesting... That's a very good point. Oh, no. I think I've solved it. I think I figured it out. Sam! Okay. Come back. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a I have a hypothesis. I have a way to square everything that we've talked about. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Cole. Oh jeez. Is he going to behave this time? What if You you mentioned that you like to go off of the leaks and the rumors. That's me, bro. And that you're based in reality and you threw a lot of I I would argue undeserved shade at me and Noah. What if <laughs> What if we're looking at two products? We've heard this rumored two to three K. Okay. We're now hearing this reality pro. Yeah. What if these are features across two tiers? What if the event releases Apple reality and Apple reality pro? So for $29.99 or $24.99, you get the more, I guess, bare bones, right? The basic headband, like the Apple Watch and the Apple Watch uh, Titanium. I hear you, but I don't think that they're going to do that. I don't think the market's big enough for segmentation at this rate. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, but I do see what you're saying. I but mean, it's like, not a crazy idea. Like if some of these features, right, the motors for interpupillary distance, the carbon fiber the 8K displays, the, the band with speakers targeted towards developers, the pro name. True. You could, you could have most of the experience. You know, you still have the chip, you still have the cameras, you still have the software. But those extra features would be on the pro model for $39.99. And the more stripped down one could be nineteen ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. I think you're talking about the one that's going to come in two years, which is exactly what they're going to do. I just don't think it's coming this year. So you think that this they're reality pro? Only pro. Twenty nine to thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Interesting. That's my theory. I I'm inclined to agree, but I wouldn't be surprised if Apple does want to get a broader market, and they cover both options think apple watch and apple watch stainless or edition yeah no i know what you're saying it's possible i mean hey i'm not saying i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying i still think personally it would be the other one fair enough all right now get out of here you rascal (laughs) ladies and gentlemen sam cole thank you very much a little round of applause there yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I think okay, I think the market I think that the market will probably eventually end up what you're saying. Whether that happens when they announce Reality Pro if they announce the 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 entry level at the same time or it happens later, I think that it'll eventually end up what you're talking about. I also wonder, and I'm not sure if if they'll launch at the same time. I could see that happening. I could see also, maybe they don't call it two separate products, but like we said, there's, you know, different upgrades you can do. So you can almost get like a more pro version, like if they make, you know, certain things optional, more expensive upgrades. So it would almost be like that, maybe just not two different names. Maybe it would be. But I also wonder if the eventual goal is AR, is the VR... Like a stepping... Oh, bless you. Thank you. Is If the eventual goal is AR, is the VR 
like a stepping stone or is it more of like a permanent because to me it seems kind of weird for apple to go into Mm. vr and there is a good amount of overlap between ar and vr but there's a lot of things that don't overlap so is it going to be that the future ar headsets can double as vr like the lenses black out and you can do vr stuff in it or are ar and vr going to be two separate products or like how's that going to work that's the thing that i'm really Mm. curious about i okay i think VR is transitory. I would imagine. Okay, so obviously the goal is that you don't need to recreate your surroundings. So from what we've heard here, uh, there are screens and cameras. Mm -hmm. So Apple does not have the tech to have essentially a pass-through screen where you're looking at the real physical world and seeing projections. What they're doing is closing you off and recreating what you're looking at with cameras. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a calculated move. It's, It's AR being emulated. And I think... I think that is where they're going. I don't think they're going to position this as being VR only. And I think eventually what happens is cuz like you know what I mean like in 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 a lot of VR headsets you're there to shut out the world mm-hmm. and be in your thing. I would imagine given that that is primarily used for games, I think Apple doesn't care about games. And as unfortunate as it may be, I don't think they're going to want people to use this plugged into their PC to play Destiny 2. I think they're going to be... The gaming VR is already a thing. This is a VR headset that emulates augmented reality. So rather than being two separate products, they're they're using VR to get to AR. That's what I think. That is really interesting because so so here's I, I have two initial thoughts on that. The first is I feel like I definitely feel like AR, first of all, AR is definitely more useful than than VR, in my opinion. And it's much more aligned with like Apple's goals like apple making and i think that what you said makes a lot of sense because like apple making a vr headset doesn't make a ton of sense to me like i'm trying to think you could watch you could enjoy your favorite apple tv plus originals in a virtual theater you could play your favorite apple arcade games in i don't know i mean they're like iphone games so like theoretically if they were like vr apple arcade games you can play your apple arcade games you can watch apple tv plus I don't know. Like, what else would you do beyond that? I think that it does make sense what you're saying about, like, using VR to emulate AR. But I also think that that's extremely hard because if you if you have two screens and you're streaming outside video to, uh, you know, to screens and you're showing it to people, that can very easily become extremely, like, disorient, like, disorientating, like... If you if it lags for even a second and you're moving around, if, if it's not like literally like zero lag, it will like mm-hmm. you'll be so disoriented, it'll like be really hard to, to to function with it on. Like whatever. And I guess like, you know, if if it's really this thing with like screens in front of your eyes, and I guess they're gonna look best case scenario, they're gonna look like sunglasses. Like, I don't know if this is something that you would wear around with you all the time, but I could definitely see them doing some AR things in addition to some VR things, and maybe eventually they focus more on the AR things. I I just don't know how it's going to fit together. I don't know. I think in this particular product, it's going to be imitation AR 100%, and then uh, very select VR modes. I think in certain games, of course, all pass through Apple's, like, filters of like does this fit does this make sense with what we want and to your point the uh apple tv content share play i could see it definitely having that feature built into it where you can sort of 
darken the world and go into a virtual theater? 100%. But beyond that use case, I think the number one goal of this headset is to take reality and pipe it into your face. Uh, this is sort of Apple's way with current technology of working around the limitation of transparent screens. Because think of it this way. The, I mean, think of Ian's render, right? That's everyone knows. I'll pull it up here. It's the ski goggles. Everyone knows the, the, yes, the ski goggles render that has been around for however long it's been since Ian, uh, made this like yes. over a year and a half ago right <laughs> so this i think is probably fairly accurate right you've got that that foam that airpods max foam the airpods max aluminum and like the 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 sport band around it now this is this is also another reason why i think there could be two tiers because this to me looks like the apple watch sport with a higher end version having different materials and features so that's why i thought that but okay setting okay. that aside that front lens, all of this stuff fits in with the render, right? Bands that you can switch out. You can clearly see how that band could be removable. Yeah. Uh, they talked about a lot of cameras and them being disguised. Well, look at the visor here. It's black. You can hide 15 LiDAR sensors and 10 cameras in that, and it looks seamless. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. And so that visor is basically there to install all of the sensors that you would need to take the world around you and then put that on screens in your eyes. In three to five years, we'll get to a point where this can be screen goggles, uh, ski goggles, right? That will be an actual screen that you can see through with LiDAR sensors on the border, and the screen is placing things physically in your world. I think that's the next step after a few iterations of this VR emulation concept. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. The thing, first of all, I'll be very impressed to see what Apple can do in terms of like the latency and the experience of like, you know, if you're moving around with this thing on, uh, you know, is it going to feel natural? Is it going to feel transparent or is it going to be very clear that you're, you know, you got it, you got this thing strapped to your face. But the other thing is like, if that's what the thing looks like, first of all, it looks sick. It looks very cool. It looks like Terminator almost. I don't know. But like, yeah. can you wear that thing? If you're doing like AR stuff, you know, integrated into your life. Are you going to wear that in public or if you're going for a walk or, you know, things like yeah. that? So, so you're not, but then like, so then where does the AR fit in? Like, like where do you use the AR? So here's what I think. Given the current state of AR, I, this is a prediction. If someone wants to clip this, I would be very interested. I think that the intention of this will not be public use. This is home, home office, and office. And I also think there's a very good chance that like setting up Face ID, you will have a sort of room setup. Because I, I given that Apple already has these like occlusion things, right? In the AR demos, they're a little janky. They're not super, like, impressive yet. So when it comes to placing objects in a room, uh, having external screens, I think those things are doable on a very, like, basic level. But I wouldn't be surprised if you do a sort of, like, room scan feature where you, like, this is a room that you're going to use a lot it obviously will be have have location abilities like an air tag and you can sort of go around like literally look around your room move around and build in, in this machine it will be able to build a model of your room so that 
in the locations that you're going to be using it, not everywhere running and gunning, but in the locations that it will be used, you'll be able to build a more accurate 3D representation. That's what I would think. I don't think this is going to be worn in public. Like you're not going to be on the bus using this. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, even Google Glass was already like, you know, there was already a negative reaction to that. And that was a lot more subtle than, than this thing. So I definitely agree yeah. with you. I think it definitely makes sense. You know, when you talk about like having, you know, actual, like, like, you know, it, it's emulating AR. When you talk about emulating AR versus actually actual AR, it makes sense for it to be more like an at home in, in, you know, in a specific space, like a known space, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think, absolutely. so I absolutely agree with you. My, my like question or like not question, but like the thought that I have is if that's what we have now and then, it, and then, you know, the eventual goal is to have the glasses and have it be integrated into your life. It just seems, I guess this is a logical stepping stone because there's a lot of things that will happen with this headset that will pave the way to that. I guess it's just that, that, that in a couple of years, it's going to look very different. Like the ways that you use the headset and the things that you can use it for will look very different with the Apple glasses versus the Air headset. So I guess it makes sense. This is just like the next step. It gets a lot of the stuff about having something on your on your face. There's a lot of challenges there that they can figure out. And then in a couple of years... Mm-hmm you know, there's more applications and you use it differently. You don't, maybe you don't build a model of the room, but you don't need to anymore because, you know, you're wearing it everywhere. So I guess, I guess maybe it's not a question. It just makes sense, but it's just slow. You know, we're taking steps in the right direction and this is the next step. It makes sense. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And um, it's not going to be quick. I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, I'm not getting the the VR headset. I want to wait for glasses. Well, there's there's a lot that actually is different with that. I mean, number one, for a set of glasses, you'd need a, a fundamentally different way of, of managing the data that's coming in. With this headset, you have cameras getting video feed and an image signal processor that's stitching and cleaning that. You then have an SOC that's calculating perspective because obviously you're going to have, you're going to need to have the actual perspective of the human eye for it to look real. So it needs to to do that. And it's going to use LIDAR for calculating distance with lenses, with actual glasses, you're not doing that same workflow because you don't need cameras. You're not recreating the world. You're just seeing it with your own two eyes. So in a way, that removes complexity. A lot of what this headset is doing, a lot of the bulk and the technology of this headset is simply just taking the world that's already there and then repiping it into your eyes. Most of what this headset is doing is that and then adding stuff on top of it. The glasses are different. Because then what you're doing is relying on the human eye for capturing the world, relying on the glasses for precisely measuring and projecting onto it. It's a different workflow and it's a technology that we don't have yet because we don't have those completely translucent screens that would allow your eyes to just look through it. So we're we're at iPhone launch day, Noah. That's where we are right now. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's definitely early days. Things will definitely look and I feel like this market even more than the iPhone has like so much potential to grow. Or like, you know, we look at like what Absolutely. we're talking about for the end result and it seems like so much further away then like you take the iPhone 2G and maybe that's hindsight, maybe it's hindsight, maybe whatever. Maybe it's that the phone is a simpler problem than that, than this headset. But like you look at the iPhone, Mm -hmm. the original iPhone and all the things that like, you know, we said this before, all the things that it needed uh, and and then how it got those things over the years. If you look at where we're, where we're starting now, hopefully we'll be starting here in March and in uh, yeah, March and and we'll see what happens um, March or April. 
but uh but like to the place that we want to end up is like seems very far away and there's a lot of work to be done but it is definitely very exciting to be here at the beginning and to see all of this uh you know happen over the next decade or however long it's going to be absolutely i think it's it's exciting it's exciting to be on the cusp of something like that to your point of the iphone when it came out we had these things that we all wanted it to do noah talked about it earlier you know the iphone came out and people were like oh well i'd like there to be video i'd like there to be a camera on the front higher resolution faster battery life bigger display we now have that progression mm-hmm. with this ar headset we've spent the last 20 minutes hashing it out what should it do how does it do it what's next and it really does feel like we're back in january of 2007 on the the, the precipice of starting this new era of possibility. And I, for one, cannot wait. So next week, I think we dive into the event. We've talked about the product. We've talked about some of these forward-looking features. But if recent rumors and rumors that I think should start to happen over the next week or so are to be believed, we don't have to wait that long. So make sure you guys come back next week. I won't be in Japan with terrible internet. I will have my normal terrible internet. And we're going to break this down. We're going to talk about the March event that I think is going to blow our minds. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. You know what I'm not looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? Having to end this episode of Dark Mode because it's been so much fun with you guys here today. It has been has been a fun time, especially with Sam. You know, aside from some of the things yeah. that he said, it, it was a lot of fun to to have him yeah. stop by. Aside from the bullying, yeah. Well, I, I I'll I'll go speak with my therapist and and we'll try to put that incident behind us. That's good. But we'll also, unfortunately, have to put this episode behind us. So thank you guys so much for watching. I have been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We will see you next week and have a great night.